Welcome to Shift Change, featuring Michelle Danda and Claire Pitcher. Podcast by nurses about nursing. Welcome to episode two. This episode is about bullying and nursing. Just a note as we get into this episode to clarify that Michelle and I are speaking as individuals who've had very varied nursing careers, and it goes without saying probably, but we're not speaking on behalf of any of the schools we might mention or our employers or for anyone who knows us and knows where we work. These opinions are all our own. Today we're going to talk a bit about different definitions of bullying a bit about what we've seen throughout our career and how we think the nursing profession can kind of work together to alleviate bullying. Michelle, do you want to tell us a bit about the definition you're going to read, where it's from, and then what the definition says? According to the WorkSafeBC website, the definition of bullying is as follows. A worker is bullied and harassed when someone takes an action that he or she knew or reasonably ought to have known would cause that worker to be humiliated or intimidated. When an employer or supervisor takes reasonable action to manage and direct workers, it is not bullying and harassment. Yeah, it's interesting with that definition. I'm sure that they probably like wordsmithed that definition and tried to be very specific with it. But overall, my takeaway is that it seemed pretty vague. Like, I don't feel like I read that definition and can say, oh yeah, this is bullying or this isn't bullying. I think as far as WorkSafeBC, the definition is broad because it takes into account all the places people work in BC to protect the worker and to have a little bit of guidance on what bullying is and what bullying is not. And as far as what happens in individual workplaces, places like healthcare regions and work sites will also have their own definitions of bullying and harassment and policies and procedures related to when bullying and harassment occurs. Yeah, I feel like there's been a lot of movement, even in over the course of my career, there's been a lot of movement towards having more resources, having more policies. The fact that this definition is on the WorkSafe website is, I think, a move in a helpful direction. Have you ever witnessed bullying in nursing, or is this a concept that rings true for you, or is it something that you haven't experienced or haven't thought of much? I've been practicing since 2008 and in my career I have witnessed bullying. I don't recall ever being the victim of bullying or maybe I've just blocked it out because it was so emotionally trying. I I don't think I've actually ever been the victim of bullying. Let me reflect on that and I'll I'll come back to it, circle back to it later. (laughs) Uh, But definitely in my first year of nursing I did witness bullying between a more senior nurse and a newer graduate nurse. For some reason, the senior nurse just didn't like the more junior nurse. And there was deliberate incidents of not giving the nurse report when they came on shift. Or another example is the nurse's patient went on pass while the nurse was on break. The nurse returned from break, looked around for her patient, couldn't find her patient. The nurse, the senior nurse didn't tell the nurse that her patient went on pass. So she was looking for the patient, stressed out about it, and then it wasn't until she finally asked the nurse uh, if they'd seen her patient that the senior nurse offered that information. And it was delivered in a like a malicious way. It was intended to um, withhold information from that nurse to prevent them from doing their job properly. And ultimately that nurse ended up leaving that position and going to a different site because it was just, there was many little incidents like that that 
maybe were kind of ambiguous at first she didn't realize that it was bullying but then when it kept on happening repeatedly and she started to feel like those nurses were deliberately like trying to make her fail I guess as a new graduate nurse she ended up leaving for a place that was more supportive which is unfortunate because she's a good nurse I liked working with her those types of situations are hard, especially as a new grad, because you are in the position where you're not quite sure when you see that this is the accepted culture, like is this, you start to question yourself, is this just what happens in nursing? Do you just have to pay your dues? And this is, this is something that people just get through and eventually as you get more experience, it will stop. Like sometimes it can feel pretty, you can start to doubt yourself and doubt whether it's bullying or just regular run of the mill, run of the mill, like workplace. I don't know, workplace practice. Yeah, and I think that's one of the things that can make bullying and nursing so persistent, especially when there are those power differentials of a student um, working on a unit or a new grad and more senior nurses. I remember some of the stuff that I witnessed or experienced when I was in nursing school were just wild looking back on it. Like I remember there was a unit that had a similar, like quite a toxic culture and one of the nursing students was sitting and charting and she had her hair pulled back in a ponytail. And one of the nurses who was kind of notorious for being a bully on that unit walked up behind her and wanted to use that computer to chart. And so rather than communicating any of that, rather than waiting a few minutes to see if the student would finish her charting, the nurse walked up behind her and just pulled her ponytail and yanked it hard enough so that like the nurse's head kind of pulled back and that was it then the nurse kind of like the student kind of packed up her stuff and you think about what that sets up in terms of if that's supposed to be like a mentorship relationship if that's supposed to be a place of learning in what other context would you watch one adult pull another adult's hair and just be like oh well that adult the one who pulled the hair like she's just having a long day and she's just having a hard time like that's not even human decency it shouldn't be acceptable. And I imagine in that situation, there was a lot of people that watched that happen and yes. kind of let that go and were forgiving to yeah. that nurse. Like, oh, that's just the way that nurse always is. Yeah. Which is a problem. Yeah. As well. And I think there are other incidents. I was an instructor for a little bit as well. And there's definitely, in some places, an accepted culture of staff nurses, unfortunately, just bullying or mistreating the nursing students or not treating them with the amount of respect that they deserve like treating them as subpar even as far as not letting them sit in the in the chairs in the nursing station or telling them to get up and leave because they shouldn't be sitting in the nursing station or uh, directing them to a room or directing them to someplace else because they don't deserve to be like in the common area with the other nurses or even incidents of just being blatantly rude to the nurses. The nursing students are saying kind of negative things about them to their to uh, their coworkers in front of the students, which is not very good for your self-esteem as a nursing student, where you're already in a place of very low power and in an extreme place of vulnerability because you're a student and you're kind of dependent on this primary nurse giving feedback and evaluating you. So you're already kind of at a disadvantage. And then if you see that this is the accepted culture, it's really problematic and can set you up for a view of nursing as a very intimidating place and a view of nursing as a, as a place where there is a power differential and it's just an accepted practice to treat nursing students and new graduates as subhuman or less than instead of welcoming them.
I think it's so challenging to acknowledge that this is as pervasive as it is. And I think I've been fortunate throughout my career to usually choose places to work that do have quite cohesive teams. And I still feel like mostly earlier, like at the very beginning of my career and when I was a nursing student, but still saw this culture, as you said, of nurses withholding information and then waiting to watch a student fail. Mm-hmm. Or I remember sitting in morning report as a nursing student and having nurses who wouldn't make eye contact with me, who would chat with mm-hmm. the other nurses and make jokes with them, but just would like go out of their way to not look in the direction of the nursing students. And I've heard people say, you know, like, well, it's tough. Sometimes nurses don't want students on the unit. Sometimes they're burnt out. But as you said, kind of all of these excuses that at the end of the day, we're not elevating our profession. We're not doing ourselves any favors by treating young nurses terribly. And then there's staffing shortages and we can't fill shifts and we're wondering what's happening. Yeah, I agree. I think it sets up a really toxic workplace culture. If there is a culture where nurses are bullying younger nurses, then bullying's happening at other levels as well, because those nurses at some point learn that that is the acceptable practice and that is how you treat other nurses and other people that you're working with, which is problematic. But at the same time, maybe a gap in education about what the difference between bullying and harassment and constructive criticism and feedback is as well because I think there are also incidents that I've witnessed where a nurse was giving another person what they thought was constructive criticism where the nurse was very defensive and perceived it as a humiliating experience I guess and they they perceived that as bullying when that wasn't the intention of the nurse giving the feedback so I think that's a problem as well because I think in a lot of places that I work there isn't this culture where we are comfortable or necessarily it's not normalized that we give constructive criticism or feedback in a way that people don't get defensive if that makes sense yeah that's I think it brings up the topic of trust and for me it's so important when you're working with a team both to do the work that you you're all there to do but also to have that protected time to be able to step back and do some team building, do some trust, you know, work on trust, because those things, that's the glue that will hold the team together through tough conversations. Or if there is a time when you have to say to someone, hey, what you're doing, you know, isn't working for the unit right now, or it isn't working for me, or the way that we communicated the other day didn't really land with me. I think in order to have those courageous conversations, there has to be some degree of safety. And I wonder between the two nurses that you explained where the feedback was given with good intention, but it wasn't received in that way. I wonder what the overall culture of that team is or the culture between those two nurses and what the trust looks like. Mm-hmm, that's true. I Yeah, I mean, it does in many ways come down to the culture, and if that is a normalized standard that's set amongst the team. And sometimes, it's, yeah, like, it is hard to take criticism. Sometimes we have fragile egos, um, especially if we're nurses that have been practicing for a long time and we have a lot of experience. And then if a, a younger nurse even gives us feedback about something or asks us a question and we perceive that as threatening or humiliating, sometimes the delivery isn't in the greatest of circumstances. Like it might be the intention of the person giving the feedback might have been good intention, but maybe it's delivered in a, in a way that's perceived as humiliating or it's delivered in front of a bunch of other people. And like I said, like sometimes we do have fragile egos and it's, it's hard to to navigate that 
in that type of situation where we feel like embarrassed or we might have made a decision that wasn't the greatest but now somebody's giving us feedback in front of everybody else and kind of sharing sharing our mistake with everybody which can be hard. I think very much so and one of the things that I've heard um, some people in like leadership talk about um, within Vancouver Coastal Health recently is the importance of failing and just accepting that as a learning mm -hmm. opportunity and saying yeah. we know if we're not failing it means that we're not being courageous enough we're not trying out new things we're not being innovative and I think I found it well I know that I found it really inspiring to hear that from Mary Akinhusen like our mm -hmm. CEO because it's such a different approach than some of this old school nursing that I feel like even when I was in nursing school 10 years ago, some of this old school nursing of like, don't make any mistakes. Obviously in nursing, you have to, you can't like, mm -hmm. <laughs> you make mistakes. Yeah. <laughs> and I think just normalizing that and having that learning culture, as opposed to this idea of everyone working in isolation just trying to cover their own ass and I feel like sometimes for nurses who treat nursing students poorly it can just feel like this every every person for themselves fight for what you have protect your territory and it's toxic yeah and then you're just you're going to work you have so much anxiety anyway and it's like you're afraid to make a mistake you're afraid to admit anything it's like you're walking on eggshells all the time and you're waiting for like the axe to drop you're waiting for somebody to say something negative about you which is tough and it's such a tough, I found when I was working as a clinical instructor, I would see it come up with students sometimes where their anxiety was so high about their performance and about the risk of failing and they just wanted to do well, that that stress was, they were in fight or flight basically all the time. And so they struggled to bring their problem solving brain on board. They struggled to bring all of their skills on board, their strong communication skills. And so sometimes my feedback to people at the end of our term together was just like trust in yourself. Like I could see the potential they had. I could see how much they were going to offer the nursing profession if they could tap into that part of themselves that was grounded, strong, confident, and not rattled such that if someone did bring up feedback that they mm -hmm. didn't agree with or if they did bring up feedback that hurt their ego, that they could go, and this is something I've been working on throughout my career as well, is having a place that you can go to where rather than reacting to that feedback, you can take it in and thoughtfully decide, does this feedback make sense? Does it fit in with other feedback I've received from people? Is there someone that I can approach as a sounding board? Because it's also not necessarily true that all feedback you get is more accurate than your own sense of Mm -hmm. self for what's going on but to not react either dismiss it offhand or to take it in as the total truth mm -hmm. yeah that's true I think it's important to have like people that you trust a trusting workplace and then be able to take that time and reflect and use other people as a sounding board if you're questioning whether was that supposed to be constructive or was that actually like bullying was that just an an insult or was that just a personal attack because sometimes, yeah, when we're in that place of anxiety and we are very defensive of our actions, it can be tough to to, uh, to distinguish whether it was an attack or whether it was intended to be feedback. But I think it's also about being brave and maybe being brave enough to approach the person and have a conversation with them and try to resolve the conflict as well. Because I think it's also toxic 
when something like that happens and then the response, the automatic response is to go to your coworker and then talk to them and you end up talking behind the people, the other person's back and then there's not a direct conversation. I, and I think that's also problematic as well. So there, yeah, there does need to be a certain amount of bravery um, in order to engage in the conflict resolution process, which I think we got, we have a, a long way to go with that in nursing. And if we got better at that, then probably some of the workplace bullying and harassment would decrease. I agree. And I think that that naming it as a brave conversation, and as you said, working to not personalize it. And I feel like this is so much of that work comes back to working on our own for each one of us being able to work on our sense of self, our sense of how do we ground ourselves, what are our core values, and how can we work from that place so that if something comes up that's confronting for us, same as in our personal life, that we have tools and a range of different communication styles or a range of different strategies that we can draw from rather than just taking it as a personal attack or dismissing it offhand, being able to follow up with a conversation and doing, as you said, doing it in a way that you're being aware of. It's basically like feedback and tough conversations 101, but like being mindful of the time that you do it, being aware of who else is around. Can you find a private space? Can you say to someone, hey, I'd really love to chat with you about the conversation we had earlier is now a good time or do you want, I can follow up later this afternoon or something so that you're kind of co-creating this culture and co-creating the way that you're going to move through conflict as opposed to either retreating or fighting. Yeah, I think that's so important. And that's something that I think we, we really need to reflect on in nursing. How do we create those spaces where we are comfortable and we are competent in being able to use conflict resolution skills instead of like attacking each other or delivering feedback and delivering information in a way that could be perceived as harassment and bullying. Because that's problematic if, if that's how the feedback that we're delivering is perceived. And that also takes bravery on the part of us to reflect on how when we're giving criticism and when we're when we're engaging with our coworkers to reflect on, did I deliver that in a respectful way? Did I re deliver that in a kind way? And was I doing that? Was the motivation and the intention for me giving that feedback, was it to help that person? Or was it because I was angry in that moment and I made uh, like a backhanded comment that I wish I didn't? So <laughs> that's... I think that takes a lot of bravery as well and also to be able to like apologize if that did happen when you reflect on that and it turns out that yeah you feel bad about it and that was just something that you said in anger to be able to go to your coworker and admit it and be able to repair that relationship if it was damaged so it doesn't get to the point where it's escalating now to the manager and escalating now to human resources when it could have been addressed at a lower level. I agree very much and I think that your comment is so important about checking in with ourselves about the intention behind our communication and it's not always going to be you know something that we feel super proud of and I think in nursing it's such a complex profession and stuff can be changing so quickly and the stakes can be so high that you might be blowing off steam or tired or you know really frustrated by an experience you just had that has nothing to do with that colleague but I think as you said the important part is knowing that we're all growing and learning and being able to check in with someone and say, hey, I'm thinking about the way I approached our conversation earlier, and I'm really sorry that I said that in that way. I think that that demands yeah. a big act of bravery and a big, like, 
being very humble, which are, those are big demands. Those are big demands. And you have, really have to check your ego because there have been times in my career where I have been the bully and not necessarily with nursing, but yeah, where I was saying the negative thing and someone overheard me and it hurt their feelings. And I felt so awful that that happened because that's not me, but I was angry in the moment. And I don't know why I thought it was okay, but I, I didn't realize that they, that they were in the hall and could hear me. But then, like, it was hard for me to, to be in that place of thinking that I'm, I'm a bully and I said something mean and I have to go apologize to this person right now because, like, I'm setting up this norm for the coworker that I'm talking to that this kind of talk is okay and I've hurt somebody and that's terrible. I still think about that mm -hmm. today and I still there's times in my career now when I have conversations with people and I I step back and I think you know was that was my intention to help that person or am I being an asshole because I don't I don't want to be in the place where I'm contributing to the problem and when now that I'm a senior nurse I don't want to be role modeling that that kind of behavior is acceptable because it isn't so that's important as well I think that especially if we've witnessed bullying or if we've been victims of bullying that we make sure that we don't turn into the bullier at some point in order to exert our power or be in a position where we feel like, oh, well, I paid my dues when I was a younger nurse and now it's my turn to be the bullier or it's my turn to teach these younger nurses how it's done. And I do find, as you said, that it's so important to remind ourselves of what it felt like to be new and that's any time that I start a new job, any time I'm doing something new, I try to really pay attention to how vulnerable and scary and exhausting and confusing that experience can be because when you get really comfortable somewhere sometimes it can be easy to let those things slide and I know that I've definitely been coming off you know quite hectic night shifts and just trying to give shift report to the morning nurses and trying to condense everything that needs to be shared and there's been a student there and I can feel myself just like really making eye contact with and paying attention to the nurse that I'm handing off to because my priority is making sure that the messages I have to relay about safety are landing with that nurse who's taking over. But even in those moments, I've paused and kind of taken a figurative step back and said to the nursing student, um, I really appreciate that you're here. I hope that there's a bit of time later this morning that you can connect more fully with the staff. But in this moment to prioritize safety, mm -hmm. I have to communicate very frankly. Um, and that's not, you know, it, is it fair to like apologize for your behavior and then continue doing the same thing? Mm. But I, I have felt that pressure like to just get a message across to another nurse where I wish I could have more time with a student, but I did at least acknowledge it in the moment and not mm -hmm. just... That's something at least. Yeah. <laughs> We're both trying. Well, I mean, that's something to actually be able to explain, like, this is very abrupt. This is not normally how I would do it. And I'm sorry if this is coming off as, as rude or, you know, I'm sorry if it's coming off in a way that's not the way that I'm intent, that that would be the best practice. But this is a situation that's happening or to explain it afterwards, just to demonstrate that this isn't the norm, but mm -hmm. this is what's happening in this moment. Yeah. Yeah. And those were, yeah, extreme situations and being able to explain that, like, safety is the concern. But I think it's, as you said, and has come up throughout this episode, that doing those check-ins with yourself, doing those check-ins with trusted people, and not just isolating 
whether it's you feel like you're a victim of bullying or if you think maybe you are the bully or you are the person, the aggressor, mm-hmm. not just isolating within yourself and shaming yourself or totally absolving yourself of any guilt because I think that's where things can become extremely toxic is when we feel isolated from one another. Yeah, and I think also like it's important to not take a, um, the position of complacency. So where if you witness something happening that it's it's hard and especially if it's a coworker and someone that you've worked with for a long time, it's hard to interject and say like, hey, that's not cool. Like I feel like you're bullying that student or I feel like what you said was very rude and then that that wasn't the best way that you could have delivered that. But it's important to not let those moments pass. Because those are those can be perceived as acceptance or even promotion of that kind of behavior. So I think, yeah, sometimes it is it's hard to call people out, um, especially if they're our friends or if they're people that we've worked with for a long time. But I think we shouldn't let that type of behavior slide either um, or just think, like, take the perspective, well, it wasn't me doing it, so, you know, I have no responsibility there because I think we also have a responsibility to build a certain culture and to demonstrate that we care. Yeah, and I think that so much reminds me the only time I would say in my, um, throughout nursing school and as a nurse, there was one time in my very first job where I had seen someone in my work environment bully other people, but she had always been nice to me. And so I kind of, without very unconsciously as a really new grad, thought if I just stay on her good side then oh, that's the worst. yeah then this will be fine <laughs> yeah. and then she turned on me yeah. and I said I you know tried to use my best communication skills and said I feel like there might be some bullying going on here and she turned it around on me and said if you can't take responsibility for this then that makes me even more concerned about what's happening And I ended up leaving that job. Mm -hmm. Um, But after the fact, heard from other colleagues that she had done the same thing to other new grads. And I had seen her do it to other people. Mm -hmm. And it was that power differential. It was the first job I ever had as a nurse. And so I felt like maybe I am the problem. Maybe I should leave the profession. Mm -hmm. And it was much thanks to the mentors and supports that I had who knew me as a nurse. I had colleagues come up to me one-on-one and apologize, you know, on the other person's behalf for what Mm -hmm. happened. I had uh, one of my instructors from UBC supported me through that time. Mm -hmm. But it was so disorienting to have this hot and cold Oh, and that would be so hard. And it's it would be hard as a, it's hard as a new nurse to think like, is this what nursing is? I don't know if I can cut it if someone's gonna be bullying me or if this is the accepted norm that there's always gonna be someone that I have to be watching out for. Like, why would anybody want to stay in a profession where that's the accepted norm? But another thing that I want to mention is that bullying doesn't always have to come from the perspective of person perceived as having more power towards someone that has less perceived power. Like, it doesn't have to be unidirectional. Like, it can be from a staff nurse to a manager as well, or a nurse to a physician even, or people that are in someone from a what you would think is a lower position of power to someone in a higher position of power. Where I've seen that happen as well, like nurses ganging up and bullying 
a physician or nurses ganging up. And um, one example is a, like a policy that came out, a new policy on a, a unit that I was, that I had students on actually. But the nurses just ganged up on the manager and just harassed them until they said, well, never mind. You don't need to do that anymore. And they just, and they were proud when, when that happened. Like they had won some sort of battle, but it was appalling to me that that was the accepted, like that was even accepted because they, they hurt that manager and that manager actually ended up leaving. But that's terrible to think that that's the accepted culture because if it's gonna, if nurses are gonna get together and gang up on a manager, like that's, they're doing it to everybody, you know? And nobody is safe in that situation. And that's, it turns into such a toxic workplace. And like Claire mentioned at the beginning, no one wants to work there. <laughs> and, then, yeah. and then you might be the unlucky patient that gets to be on that unit. And that's terrible to think that. And it's wild to think, as you were saying, it's so important to acknowledge that it's not just from this position to this position or where there is this obvious power differential. It can show up in so many different ways. And at the same time, looking at kind of the hierarchy of power in a hospital, for example, and often the patient has very little power in that. Like they have someone telling them what time they're going to take their medications, what time they're going to eat, what they can and can't do, what they can and can't say, what they can wear. So much of their power and control is taken away. And on toxic teams, I have a very hard time believing that that isn't translating then to patient care. Oh yeah, I imagine that it is definitely getting translated into patient care. My perspective is I don't think the behavior that you engage in with your coworkers is isolated to coworkers. Like I think when you start, when that becomes the accepted behavior and that becomes the accepted practice, that's how you're behaving with your coworkers, that's how you're behaving with your patients, that's how you're interacting with the families as well, which is problematic because that negatively impacts patient care, which sucks. And I think it's, as you said, sometimes it can be quite insidious and the idea of how we talk about our jobs, how we talk about the people that we work with. And I I really don't think it's possible to sit in the nursing station and badmouth patients or say that someone's hopeless and then to go out and treat that person with dignity and to treat them with respect. Sometimes socially people would ask me about my job. They would almost want like salacious stories or like what's the most extreme thing that's oh, ever yeah. happened to you at work. <laughs> totally. And I just think like... The story that someone wants in that situation, the story someone wants to hear, 100% was probably one of the worst days of that patient's life. And so it doesn't feel fair necessarily for me to tell this like wild and gory story just to get a reaction in a social situation when that's someone's life that I'm talking about. That's like, to me, obviously it's a bit different than bullying, but it just feels like that same, like, are we building up a culture of respect and a culture of nurses as professionals? Or are we building up a culture of us just like who can get the best story? I, yeah, like, I mean, I think it does. It translates into so many different areas. When bullying and harassment happens on a, like, a staff-to-staff -staff basis, I think it does. It permeates throughout different parts of the whole culture of that unit. It doesn't matter who the interactions are with. And then it does get, end up getting translated down to patient care. And if you're if you are talking disrespectfully about your coworkers, then I imagine that you're probably talking disrespectfully about the patients and their families as well, which is not something that we should be doing ethically as nurses, because we should be coming from a place of respect and compassion and kindness and understanding 
that people are in a vulnerable position and that people are in situations of distress when they're coming into contact with the healthcare system. It's often a stressful environment. That's the nature of healthcare. And if we make the environment even more stressful by setting up this culture of harassment where we're afraid of our coworkers, we're afraid of what they're going to say, we're afraid of what we might be walking into in terms of like verbal berating of our coworkers. How are we supposed to provide safe, competent patient care in those environments? I think it's wild sometimes what people are expected to just put up with or what people do just put up with. Like I know for myself in my own career, there have been experiences that I've had at work or frustrating conversations um, with a client or patient. And I think there can be a place for having one or two trusted colleagues that you can speak more freely with. And if you do need to vent or if you do need to just talk something out, I think there's a time and place for that. But it's the difference between doing it with one choice person who you really trust and doing it not in the middle of the nursing station versus having those conversations, um, yeah, in the middle of the nursing station in front of everyone Mm -hmm. or having them loudly enough that there's a very good chance a patient can hear you. And I think that's no longer about just needing to like vent or blow off steam. That's becoming so toxic if you are just, yeah, sitting at the nursing station running your mouth. Yeah, I, I, yeah. Yeah, I agree. And I think like as nurses, we have to be really mindful and really aware of situations where we are, you know, we might be hanging out with a select few people who are good friends from work, where we might slip into the position of talking about our coworkers behind their backs or sending text messages about how much we think this person sucks or just negative things about coworkers. We have to be really careful about slipping into that pattern because that creates a very toxic workplace. And I think in some ways that also shows that we're blurring, not blurring, we're crossing boundaries. Mm-hmm. We're crossing boundaries that we should be maintaining at work when we should be containing those issues and those problems and those conflicts and maybe those differences in perspectives at work and be able to address those at work instead of letting those spill into our lives where now we find ourselves talking negatively about our coworkers needlessly and just creating this like horribly toxic workplace where now it's spilling over into many aspects of our lives, which happens. So mm-hmm. something that we need to keep ourselves in check about because I've I've worked on units before where there was things like text like what are they called group texts Mm -hmm. where their nurses are bitching about a certain nurse on the unit and that's terrible to think that that's happening and if you have a problem with another nurse or you think that something's happening or there's an issue with their practice or you have some conflict be brave enough to talk to that nurse directly Instead of talking about them behind their back. Yep. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) And then thinking about kind of things that you have found helpful in your career or where you hope um, to see the nursing profession go in terms of bullying. Oh my gosh. I feel like we really have to start focusing on conflict resolution and integrating that into education and integrating that into professional development and workshops and practice so that we can normalize positive ways to talk about differences in opinion and to resolve conflicts within the workplace in a respectful way instead of just breeding these toxic environments. But also recognizing that a way that we can address this is to set up a culture where we are accountable to each other and we feel comfortable calling someone out if we feel like disrespectful behavior is happening. 
and disrespectful behavior that can escalate to the place of bullying. And that probably needs to start happening at the nursing school level and being able to teach nursing students those skills so that they feel comfortable doing it by the time they get into the workplace as independent practitioners. I think that that's starting in nursing schools. And I know that um, from my experience with UBC Nursing School, they're doing a lot with this already. And I think just more and more can be done and especially creating supportive communities and community like communities of practice or just different ways for practicing nurses to connect back with their academia and connect back with their schools of nursing because I think something I experienced was when I was in nursing school there was there was conversations about how to deal with bullying in the workplace and that bullying exists amongst nurses but it always when I heard those conversations, it somehow seemed different than when it played out in my own life. And by the time it played out in my own life, my connection to the School of Nursing wasn't as strong. I'd been in the workforce for a year or two already, and mm -hmm. so I wish that there were was more opportunities for practicing nurses to go to lectures put on by UBC School of Nursing, to do certificates, you know, you go to a six-week thing and get a certificate, or just something so that you can stay connected to that community. Mm -hmm. So it's not just your workplace or your personal life, but there's a place, and this comes back to a lot of our conversations about how to elevate the nursing profession and I think that is a step forward that if we can start to see ourselves not as doctor's assistants or not locked into this power hierarchy in the hospitals but how can we be a standalone profession that we're proud of I think that will help to alleviate some of this toxicity mm -hmm. I think you're right being uh, I think it is important to connect yourself to a larger nursing community just for the perspective of seeing that there's more outside of the immediate unit that you're working on that is something that I do I I'm a member of different associations and different nursing communities in order to stay connected in other ways and also change my perspective when that needs refreshing and when I start to feel jaded, when I start to feel burnt out, when I start to feel like, oh, this is, I'm not being the best nurse that I can be. Um, I think it's important to be connected to a larger nursing community just so you can see that there are different possibilities and to even see that, you know what, I'm not stuck in this job. I don't have to be trapped in this toxic workplace that I'm in. I don't have to be the victim. I don't have to continue to be the victim of this bullying. There's other options for me. I don't have to leave the profession of nursing. I can still be a nurse and I can work somewhere else or I can be part of a different workplace culture that's more positive and more supportive. Because I think it's important to know that as well, that it's not every workplace culture that's toxic and that bullying happens in. There's lots of great workplaces. You just kind of have to find them. And when you do, then you'll know because you'll feel safe and you'll feel supported. So just know that as well. Don't give up. Yeah, and I think that's such an important message. That's going back to the earlier example I shared when I really early in my career was thinking, if this is nursing, I, I don't want to do this. And the person who was bullying me, I said, if it's this or nursing, I might choose not nursing. And their response was, maybe the answer is not nursing. That's terrible. <laughs> never say that to someone. Don't ever yeah. say that to someone. Step one, don't say that to anyone. Don't say that to anybody. But it's wild in that, at that time, I'm so grateful, as you said, that I had connections to a larger community. And I think that is a theme that I've heard come up throughout this conversation between the two of us now is the importance of being tethered to something bigger than that job you're doing that day, being tethered to something bigger than the unit that you're currently working on and so that you can gain some of that perspective and that you can 
constantly be evolving and learning and mm-hmm. challenging your own thinking. And it can sometimes feel less confronting to talk about a conflict situation or to talk about a time when you quote unquote failed if you're talking with someone who's not directly working beside you. It can just open up new opportunities for perspective. I agree. All right. Anything else to add before we wrap up? I think that's all. Thank you for listening. Thank you for listening. Mm -hmm.